TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. That's right, everyone. Always use your head. Hello, fellow music lovers. This is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you in to another edition, the penultimate edition of season three of Chair, or not that Chair Shot Radio, Musical Chairs. Musical Chairs used to be on Chair Shot Radio. Chair Shot Radio is dead until Tony brings it back to life in its like 700th iteration. That's fine. I am, of course, one of your two hosts for Musical Chairs. I am joined by my good friend, the lawyer himself, fellow Disney enthusiast, David Ungar. Dave, you know, we're, we're, we're here on Kayfabe Tuesday. It's actual Fabe Sunday. You you were busy last night, my friend. You had, you were you were out and about, and we were talking about it a little bit before the show. How was your excursion to check out some NXT action at at the old premium live event that was No Mercy? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a hell of a show. I I think um you know since they went to 2.0 and then kind of went back to black and gold and biased a little well not. I mean, I was there and I will give a shout out to my adopted hometown of Bakersfield. They really they were on fire all night. Even uh, Baron Corbin made a tweet about it last night that they were fire on. They were loud in the pre-show and they never let up. So that was really cool. But I thought since the rebranding, that might have been the best PLE that they've done match quality. There wasn't a there wasn't a dud on there. And the last two matches were um yeah, I mean, Dragunov and, and Carmelo is going to get probably some consideration for match of the year. Um, Tiffany and, and Becky should probably get, you know, some consideration for women's. Ah, you know, it probably nowhere near going to beat Charlotte and Rhea from WrestleMania, but still a really good match. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a couple surprises. You know, I didn't see the NXT championship changing hands. I didn't see Trick Williams ending Dominic's rain so anticlimactically you know and, and dominic was hated of course even in, in california but yeah it was a really really solid show nxt seems to be rebuilding uh they've got some good pieces in place just a matter of you know do they let them stay down there um or do they pull them up pull them up you know braun needs to go up i don't know why you're still in nxt jobbing to corbin but you know we'll save that you can save that for the greg demarco show and talk wrestling but it was a it was a really uh, good yeah. really good event man Good, man. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, Greg and I, well, I canceled on Greg this week. I forgot I had a prior engagement and could not attend because uh, I'm, I'm Roman Reigns for all of my Chair Shot Radio Network uh, obligations. Like, I, I show what I feel uh, feel feel like. I tell so, you, Chair Shot part-timer, uh, I'm still lobbying. Um, I am a top Chair Shot part-timer indeed. But uh, no, I'm glad you had a good time. I you you already heard about this if you listen to Bandwagon Nerds on Monday. But I took the little O'Dowd to the Eastern States Exposition, also affectionately known as the Big E. And for those of you who don't know, the uninitiated in New England, they they don't have a state fair for the New England states. The New England states have the Eastern State Exposition, and all of the states of New England, so Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire, each have uh, a building at one end of this giant fair that are um, filled with things and booths that are representative of the state. Oh, in Maine. I left off Maine. Sorry, in Maine. So 
you have these you have these state they're shaped like the, the state houses people walk through them and the little doubt had decided out of nowhere hey i want to go i've never he he was like i've never been to the biggie and the truth is he has been to the biggie he went when he was too young to remember the biggie so this time around the little doubt and i went on the final saturday of the biggie and had a great time Again, if you listen to Bandwagon Nerds, you will have heard all about this already. Basically, we ate our way around the Biggie and knew it to mostly success, uh, though there was a, a small hiccup that uh, you all know about in regards to a, a, a bacon cheeseburger that went poorly. So, But we're not here to talk about the Biggie. We're not here to talk about day experience in it. But yeah, so here we are this week. We're not here to talk about fairs. We're not here to talk about. I went to the fair too. Wrestling experiences. Just throwing that. You out went there. to a fair as well. Yeah, Kern County well, Fair. I didn't... Kern County Fair was here. We went. We went Wednesday night, like last year. We went like the next next to last night, and it was god awful. Traffic just to get in was oh. horrific. So this year we said let's go on a Wednesday night. It was no lines, yeah. no traffic. Weather... It's it's funny weather definitely impacted the attendance uh, in New England. This is I didn't realize this, but in New England, from apparently April, early April to date, there have only been three weekends where it did not rain, and so that included these Big E weekends. And even even on Friday, Friday or not Friday, Saturday morning when we were going. The weather still called for rain and really kept crowds uh, out of the events. So we were able to actually have quite a good time uh, at the at the Big E because there weren't a lot of people there. So we were able to embrace it. But enough of that. Enough of that. We're, we got music to talk about. This is the penultimate episode of season three. Next week will be our season finale where we will regale you with one of our, you know, Probably try to pick one of our more favorite artists uh, to share with everyone. That's usually our MO and what we like to do. Uh, I'm very excited about my artist this week. It's my week to go first. Uh, I'm going into the Wayback Machine for mine. Not way, way back, but um, definitely well before I was born. And I'm assuming, I'm pretty sure before you were born as well. Maybe not. I don't know. You're 900 years old. But uh, I'm very excited about my artist. I don't know. I don't know what you've got uh, cooked up. Any, any hints you want to throw at us? You just want to, he's going to lay it on us because you get to go last today. So it's, it's kind of the theme of my artists this, this uh, year, uh, bands who just get in their own way, dysfunctional, wipe out their own success, that sort of thing. Well, it's yeah. funny you should mention that. Mine is one of those, I don't know if it's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, and we'll get to it after this commercial break, but I, I definitely chose a band with a leader that self-destructed. And so that's what I'll leave out there for you all to ponder as we go and into this, this is before break. you were born wow i am curious oh yeah well uh, i uh, i love this band and we're going to talk about it when i uh when we come back and so stay tuned everyone uh as i talk to about a, a band from before i was born totally self-destructed or at least it's lead self-destructed you are listening to musical chairs here on the chair shot radio network part of the chairshot.com 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right. Welcome back. I got oh. a suspicion, Pat. I got it. I, I started to develop a theory about who this could be for you. Oh, this, this could be interesting to see whether you're you're right or wrong. Uh, in a second, but uh, welcome back, everyone, to Musical Chairs. We, uh, Patrick O'Dowd, David Ungar, uh, here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chairshot. Invest in a chairshot shirt. Support us. It's how we keep putting this stuff out there every single day on the Chairshot Radio Network. And we got some great shirts, some high quality stuff out there. Get it uh, regular style for $19.99, soft style for a few dollars more. Your giblets will thank you. So, yeah, so before we went into the break, I did a little bit of a tease. I have chosen a band that existed and actually was pretty much done before I was born with a leader that self-destructed fairly, I don't want to say spectacular. It's actually actually kind of tragic. But uh, those are your hints. Dave, looking to throw a guess out there. Do you have a, would you like to venture a guess? Let's see how you did. I will go with the doors. You are incorrect sir right. i well and, he, and that's an excellent choice because jim morrison certainly did self-destruct and i do love the doors uh who doesn't love a good organ exactly just put it out there but i actually went to a different genre from the same time period this was a this is a group that existed from the light, late 60s into the mid to late 70s technically i was maybe a year old around the time that they finally Truly broke up, but the the first time this band broke up was was in the mid seventies before I was born, and all because of the uh, the leader of this family, and that uh, band is Sly and the Family Stone. Now, Sly and the Family Stone, for those of you who don't know, and 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 I always like to talk. Music has a lot of value with within our our history and our fabric, you know, whether it's no matter where that music is coming from, but in the terms of American history, if you want a true understanding of the civil unrest and the civil rights unrest that was going on in the late 60s and early 70s, listen to the music presented by black artists. Uh, Sly and the Family Stone is one of the greatest examples I can I can point to of a band that was really talking about what they were experiencing through the medium of their music. And they were heavily influential sly stone in particular uh with developing modern funk music george clinton and parliamentary funkadelic talk about the influences the sly and the family stone had over them as musicians and they were just they were out of san francisco california it really was a family for the most part like that's the thing that's really interesting is it was sly stone freddie stone 
Rose Stone, like those three, like they were family. They were rel- uh, they were related. They're one of they were considered by Rolling Stone to be one of the great one hundred greatest rock artists of all our just greatest artists of all time. They were a fusion of funk, soul, R and B, a little bit of pop. Everybody knows their uh, a couple of their most famous tunes. Like everybody knows everyday people. Like you have heard that song in movies. You have heard that song on radio stations. Same thing with dance to the music. People have heard dance to the music everywhere and all over their uh, rocks of our walks of life. Terrific, terrific, uh, terrific, terrific stuff. And everyday people is part of one of the you know one of their seminal albums that everybody should own in their collection in some way, shape, or form. And that's the album Stand. And once you get past everyday people, which is a which is a great song in its own right, and people love it. Um, there's so many other great tracks, and in fact, that album is so good. I I had to pick a tune off that track, and it's it's one of those that I'll I'll talk about in a little bit, but like. I just I can't I can't speak to I I don't know that I can describe just how influential they were to funk everywhere psychedelic they they delved into psychedelic music they were such an impactful band and it all fell apart because Sly Stone had a really terrible drug drug problem and that self destructive behavior led to him breaking up the core members of the band including his own family in in the mid 70s which is why i kind of say that that band like the iteration of sly and the family stone that i know and love is that is that core group with the original family sly stone continued to make music and continue to make really good music while you know high all the time uh but it was it was and he continued to use the sly and the family stone name right up until his death but it just wasn't this wasn't the same and, and it was really the story of something that became quite sad so yeah, so slide the family stone. That's that's those are my pick. Uh, that's my that's my my band today. Yeah, to, it, to, to, uh, to, yeah, it really does kind of sound like the Doors a little bit there <laughs> with the, with the drugs and 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 all those problems really like cutting short an otherwise promising uh, sort of sort of career. I I'm not. I mean, certainly like you're saying the the more well known songs. I mean, everybody knows them. I'm not you know that familiar with the with their history and. And, you know, you're talking late 60s, mid 70s when, um, you know, so many kind of bands as far as like musically, like the stuff that I'm I'm kind of more into were so prevalent at that point in time. And it, and it really it's not not so much like a musical genre dividing line. It's just like the music like you liked was on one side and kind of like what I was Zeppelin's and Aerosmith's and all that sort of stuff was on the other. But um yeah like, like you're saying uh they certainly are extraordinarily well known uh iconic songs i iconic talent uh big time crossover i want to take you higher thank you uh it's a family affair like all songs that what people hear they would they would know do you think that they may i don't know maybe got a little overlooked because of the rise of another fa- well when was the jackson family a little bit later than that or I mean, the Jackson Five were starting to rise to prominence in the late '60s and early '70s as well. Uh, it's you know, it's one of those things. Like, it wasn't like people didn't know that they weren't influential, right? And you look at like where again, I think if you were to say name the seminal American punk band or funk, not punk, American funk band of the late '70s into the '80s and '90s, who are they going to talk to? They're going to talk about. 
George Clinton and Parliament of Hunkendale. Bootsy Collins, George Clinton, like that's what they're going to do. And what I found fascinating and what, I, what I'm going to talk about when I talk about one of the songs that I chose is George Clinton talks about how influential Sly and the Family Stone were to what they were doing. And, you know, in, in 2005, just to give you an, an idea of their reach, like in 2005, there was a, a tribute album that was it was a Starbucks release, a Starbucks music label release. Uh, that had cover versions of the band's songs. And Maroon 5 covered Everyday People. John Legend, Joss Stone, and Van Hunt covered A Family Affair. The Black Eyed Peas, Will I Am, did Dance to the Music. Steven Tyler and Robert Randolph, did I Want to Take You Higher? Like, they just, they just kept, like, people, like, they touched so many great artists and from so many other genres across everything that, you can't you can't deny their their reach and their power and and for me what again what I think is just great like I said if you want to understand what was happening within the civil rights movement uh, of the night late sixties and early seventies as as all of this change was taking place and even earlier listen to the music of Black Folk listen to the music that Black artists were putting out whether that be the Temptations whether that be um, shit why am I forgetting his name uh, James Brown. Uh, the uh, Sly and the Family Stones, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, the Jackson Five, even to an extent. Like you listen to Motown for fuck's sake, the, the Diana Ross. Uh, it's is right there, and Sly and the Family Stone were as much a part of that as any other artist of that time and era. Uh, and that album, Stand, that's the best example I can give. Every damn song, you know, everyday people is a song about unity and people of different races and creeds and colors and, 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 you know, identities coming together. Now, is it dated? Like if you listen to the lyrics, some of it's dated. Yeah. The song stand, the title tune is terrific. I love it. Also a little dated, like the language is like, there's a lyric in that song that says there's a midget standing tall, like not a lyric you would get in a, in a tune today. But for the time and what they were talking about, about standing together against oppression, it's very much a real thing. But none of those are the songs that I'm choosing. Like I've given you this litany of songs. I'm choosing two. Uh, The first one is the song. I'm choosing two because that's what we do on the show. But (laughs) I saw Dave be like, well, duh, as he makes this little nod. We sometimes cheat, Dave. We do. Sometimes we sneak in a third one when when we're feeling it. I, I did not do that today. What I did do is I did pick the song that George Clinton himself says is the opus of Sly and the Family Stone. And it's and it's really hard to deny it when you give a listen to it. It's a song called Underdog by Sly and the Family Stone. And it's really interesting because it starts with a saxophone rendition of Frere Jaca before it goes into this just awesome run of classic funk like everything you've heard out of funk and what you've heard and other artists since then is in this song and it's it's just great highly recommend that you listen to it just a a cacophony of sound hitting you in the face oh so good they use so many different instruments there it's amazing and then the other song that i'm going to that i'm going to do uh also comes off the um 
off the stand album and pardon my language it's called don't call me nigger whitey and you just can't there, there's nothing more that can really be said about that tune other than i mean it's the most clear of of like the anger and, and what the you know what black people in america were enduring and this is a this is a rejection of that and this is a standing up for themselves and pushing back by taking an epitaph and throwing one back at a white man and, and it's it's good and the way that it's the way that it's used in in the uh in the music that's played um it uses uh, i can't remember what the name of the uh the instrument is but it's one of those where um Peter Frampton used to use it all the time with his voice. Voice box. Used to sit like, Vo- vo- yeah, it was like, it's like a voice box or a, yeah, it was a vocoder. That's what it's like using a vocoder so that there's distortion in the way that he is he is saying the 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 title lyric, and that's basically the whole song is just that lyric over and over and over again, pushing back, and it's it's very strong. It's very it's very violent. It's very powerful, and outside of a little bit of work by Rose in the middle of that tune, it's Sly Stone rejecting racism by pushing it back onto somebody. So those are my two choices. Sly and the Family Stone, one of the most influential bands of all time, in my opinion, particularly of the world of funk, though they had far-reaching influence in pop, rock, R&B, across multiple genres. Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, I a good call, man. I don't have a whole lot to add uh, to, to to the great summary you gave. Of their... Listen to the Stand album. That's all I'm going to tell you. Just if you're gonna if you're gonna listen to anything, listen to Stand. I I'm gonna definitely check that out because it sounds like a tr- tremendous album. It's amazing oh, album. All right. Hey, I I love the call, man. It's uh yeah, I, I somebody I'm not. You do that to me quite often. Uh, well, not quite often. Occasionally, bands that I'm not that familiar with, but um. It forces me to listen and research a little bit. So I like when that happens. Excellent. Glad you like it. And I look forward to hearing what you have to say on the back end of this break as Dave continues his theme of bands that could have been bigger. Stay tuned for that. We'll be right back here on Musical Chairs, part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, welcome back everyone to Musical Chairs, ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. We'll remind you to always use your head. ProListenTees.com forward slash the ChairShot for all of your ChairShot swag needs. We are rolling right along on this episode, the penultimate episode of Chair of Musical Chairs. Dave has been keeping himself within a theme this year. I don't did you you didn't intend this theme, right? You just it just sort of happened and you've kind of run with it since. Yeah, it just, seems like what what I what I would say. Bands I'd kind of like put in, you know, my notes on the phone and just kind of looked at it and it and I'm just kind of like going in the order I wrote them down kind of train of thought sort of thing and I don't know why they kind of all came out this way, but but they kind of all did. The, the grand finale won't be because you know they're they're actually just released new stuff recently. But um, but yeah. So like this week, the band I'm looking at this week, uh, we talk about on the show and musical chairs, and you consider 
some of the greatest debut albums of all time, right? You know, like Led Zeppelin's first album, um, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. You'd probably throw up in that in that general, like, truly iconic debut albums. The band I got this week had, I mean, one of the greatest debut albums that I've ever heard and still one I go back to all the time and listen, and it's Third Eye Blind. And, um, you know, band from the late 90s came out with the... the uh, self-titled debut in 1997 and you know pat i'm sure you've listened to their self their debut album many times as well and there's not a bad song i, I own i own their yeah. album their first album. we all we all do there's not a bad song on there you know and it's and it's rare you get albums like that from the moment you press play to the end of the album you know from uh from losing a year to um in the background which i think the background is probably my favorite song off that album the very last one and uh you know it just they're they're a band that just they achieved all this commercial success you know they have um steven uh who steven jenkins is the lead singer uh kevin cadigan the the original guitarist of the band you know they kind of messed around for a while went through some lineup changes finally got settled do this debut album it's six times platinum at this point in time that's tremendous and, and the album had such crossover I mean, like so many, how many teen movies did we see from the late nineties? Like, you know, American pie for one. And, uh, what's, what's the other one with uh, Jennifer love Hewitt in it. And, uh, Ethan Embry can't hardly wait. Yeah. Can't hardly wait. I think they use graduate in, in that one. I know semi charmed life was in American pie. There's, you know, jumpers been in others things. Uh, you know, so you saw all these, these teen go ahead, Pat, you got something. No, I just love the interview that they give when talking about semi-charmed kind of life because uh, it's you know it's famously this song that's really poppy and yet if you really pay attention to the lyrics, yeah. it's not it's 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 as as they as they would say in this interview famously in I love the '90s we are singing about wrong things these things are wrong. We are singing about it's so funny. And, you, and that's that's why I was chuckling. That's why I was laughing. No, and you're absolutely right. That first album is chock full of dark lyrics. I mean, Jumper's about suicide. Uh Semi Charm Life right. is about, you know, largely about drug abuse and that sort of thing. But like you're saying, it's got this poppy, catchy riff to it that you just get lost in the music and you're not really paying attention to what you know, took a hit and I bumped again and I bumped okay, wait a second now. Let's really listen to what they're talking about here. Um but, uh, you know, in, in the background is is basically about a guy who's lost his uh, love of his life sort of thing um, and his going on about that God of Wine sort of similar sort of. So, yeah, their first album had lots of dark and and disturbing lyrics, but the songs were so great. People just didn't really bother to like you're saying, well, let's dig a little bit deeper and look into this. No one cared. You know, they just were like, it's a great song. And and. Yeah, everybody was just like do 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 That's right. Um, and then you know they they go six times platinum, and you know anytime you're gonna have an album that does that phenomenally well, everybody looks at the follow up and what can you do. And like you know, my favorite band Green Day is a good example. Dookie did astronomical numbers. Twenty first century breakdown, really good album. Couldn't match, you know. Well, that was actually American Idiot, and the follow up to that. I mean. They had Insomniac after Dookie. But beside the point, Third Eye Blind comes out with Blue, which I think is a really solid album. It really is. It just didn't get the momentum behind it 
that, you know, for some reason, I mean, it still went platinum, you know, it still sold a million units right? and there's some really good songs on there. And I don't think that album's nearly as dark with their lyricism as well, except for one song we're going <laughs> to, we'll talk about in a minute, but, um, you know, deep inside of you is, is one of those songs, uh, you know, never let you go. There's another, there, there's two, so- my two song choices are both from that album. Kind of, sort of, we'll explain that in a minute, but, um, you know, and after blue Kevin Cadigan got, and it's very controversial whether he got terminated from the band or whether he just left, but something goes wrong. Right. He ends up suing, you know, cause he's not getting royalties. Third eye blind persists and they still persist to this day, but they never really captured the, the magic from those first two records. And, and it just, it goes to show that how difficult music is as, as, as a form of entertainment and just as an industry, because, you know, writing a song is not easy. Writing a hit song is very rare. You know, writing a whole album full of them, extraordinarily rare. So to keep that momentum going, they just couldn't do it. They had more lineup changes, like they lost their original bassist. And, you know, the rest is, I mean, they're still doing their things. But Stephen Jenkins, there's another guy who had a lot of, you know, what did he have? Like chronic fatigue syndrome when he was younger, which prevented him from getting a lot of stuff out when, when, you know, you would otherwise think it would happen. So yeah, they're, they're a unique band to me. I always kind of wondered, you know, gosh, they really seemed like they had the world by the throat after that first record. And I don't think they lost a lot of steam with the second one. And then they just, you know, succumb to their own issues and they're, you know, can't keep the band together, self-destructing. It's a band that should have been a lot bigger than they ended up being. So yeah, Third Eye Blind's my choice this week. Excellent, excellent choice. And I, I definitely one of those bands that folks are, I think folks remember fondly and still like Third Eye Blind can do a tour, hell, on the fair circuit, for example. People be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go see Third Eye Blind or in the lesser concert market. Maybe you're going to Champaign, Illinois instead of Chicago, Illinois. People are going to be there uh, or they're going to be on a festival. Like they're going to be on that, you know, on that big stage. People will will definitely gravitate to them because their their music was dark but fun if that's a fair way to describe it it's like like i said like we're bouncing our head we're having a good time this song is really fucked up but we're gonna we're gonna like it we're gonna like it i uh can't tell you anybody i know out there who hasn't sung right along with semi-charm kind of like man i love their lyrics sink full of dishes and some aqua lube i mean how can you how can you really go wrong right um, you can't, you just, you just can't. So speak, excellent choice. Speaking of fairs, I, before I go into my two songs, I did, I, I don't know if you saw the video I posted 38 special played at the Kern County fair when I was there the other night. I did see that. And I saw I, you. Uh, yeah, post that. They were still rocking after all these years, but um, the two songs that I have, both of them are from, from blue. And like I said, kind of sort of, and I'll explain that the first one is a song called 10 days late. Which, you know, if you're female, you can kind of figure out what that song's about. It, it's, it sounds very much, it's got that third eye blind, third eye blind sound completely. Um, the other one is probably their most controversial song. And it's, it's a good one, kind of an interesting backstory. The song Slow Motion, which, you know, I, I'm sure you probably heard it, Pat. Um, you know, it was originally going to come out on Blue. Uh, the lyrics were such that I forget. I think it was Electra was the record label that Third Eye Blind was on, and this is right around the time Columbine comes down, you know. And so the yeah. opening line of that song is, uh, "Miss Jones taught me English, but I think I just shot her son." And Electra said, "I don't think we can go with this thing." 
And so this went back and forth for a while, and they came up with a, air quoting, compromise where only the instrumental part of slow motion, and I think the course they left in the song um, was there. Then years later, they would release the full version of the song. And so the full version of slow motion is my second one because it's, you know, I played it to my wife. She hates the song. And I'm like, it's secure. <laughs> I said, she goes, this is just horrible. It's just talking about horrible stuff. It's like, it's satirical. You know, he's poking fun at gangbangers. He poked poking fun at weapons, you know, drug use, right. his own demons. And then at the end, you know, he does talk about how they glamour, you know, Hollywood glamorized my wrath. I'm a young urban psychopath. It's like, yeah, we've seen that a lot of times. So I absolutely, it's one of my favorite songs by them. I grant you that the lyrics are disturbing. They're supposed to be. And I think that that's, that's Steven's got Jenkins has got some depth to him. And, and that's, that's what I got, man. Cool. Excellent choice, Dave. I, I like that. You know, we both have gone off our beaten path a little bit. It's all a lot of fun. And um, yeah, so there you have it, everybody. David Ungar going with Third Eye Blind. I'm going with Slide the Family Stone. Dave will have samples of our four choices at the end of this as usual. And we're gonna we're gonna put a wrap on the pin ultimate episode of chair shot radio season three feeling good dave i gotta come up with a doozy of a band for next week gotta come up with a good yeah, mine's, I gotta think on this mine's one of my i think one of my top five favorite bands of all time so and it might surprise you a little bit who they are it's all right i gotta go through and see what i got left of my top five because i feel like i've hit on most of uh, most of my tops so we'll uh we'll leave that as a tease who knows where i'm going next ladies and gentlemen yeah. we'll see I mean, you can't. I don't know why I did that. I did this whole thing on the camera, noble listener, and you can't see it because we're not recording this. We don't. We don't, or we don't do video. So just know I did magic things while talking today, <laughs> and then carry that image in your brain. So all right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Musical Chairs Day. Before we get out of here, please remind everybody where they can find you on the socials and about the Chairshot Radio Network. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A G G. Facebook slash Attitude of Aggression. That's uh, that's it, man. Excellent, well done. You can find me on the X Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can also catch me on the Insta at the same handle. You can also catch me on the Threads which eventually is where I will live once Elon follows through on his threat to charge people for I Twitter. I forgetting about that. That's when that happens, I'm out. Like, I'm out, I, and I'm good, I'm out. Thanks for playing. I'm not paying for Twitter. And I, I won't pay for threads. I won't pay for Facebook. Though I do love... Dave, are you one of those old people that posts the I don't give Facebook permission to, to uh, charge me or something like that? Like, have you seen this, like... There's there's a couple of these like bullshit things where old people and I just I figure since it's amongst your your age demographic, uh, you you would have had, uh, you would have posted a status that said that Facebook doesn't have permission to steal your likeness or your photos and or that you don't want to pay for Facebook. These are these are yeah, real things, everybody. I mean, it's, I it's, know this because my senior citizen mother in law posts them all the time. Yeah, and I'm like, they, stop! It does. And my mom. You get a lot of you gotta get a lot of fatalism on on Facebook about you know they're gonna start charging us. You got to tell them it's like when I hear it from Zuckerberg himself, then I'll listen. But up until then, well, and here's the thing, kids: a Facebook status saying I'm not gonna pay for it, like no, that that's not how this works. That's not that's not how any of this works. I'm sure they're like, oh, now you're immune. Okay, (laughs) I'm done. Yep, 
All right. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Make sure you check us out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will catch you next week with the season three finale of Musical Chairs here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com.
The one in the summer where we used to smoke pot I guess I didn't mean it But man, you should have seen it His flesh explode Slow motion, see me there 